You're listening to DraftKings Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How do I log out of this recording? How do I log out? It's an amazing way to start a Facebook post. What are you talking about? The NBA Facebook thing. Oh, man. So this is what happened. There's a guy. He's like a social media coordinator or whatever for the NBA. He quit his job recently, but he still had access to the NBA account. So the official NBA Facebook account. I wonder if he had access to other platforms or if that's the only one that was still active. Either way, he goes on the NBA's official Facebook account maze and he says, I quote, how do I log out of this? Haven't worked here in weeks. Anyway, the NBA overextends its social media employees greatly to the detriment of their health and social lives for a salary of less than 50K annually after taxes. I worked 14-hour shifts without breaks at times. Shout out Adam Silver. We don't get health insurance until 90 days on the job. That's silly, isn't it? Glad I resigned. No need for a job to get in the way of your happiness. Donate to mental health causes. Peace sign. I'm out. And I had so many conflicting emotions barge in. The first of which was, so a job. You had a job. Yeah. 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 I got some questions here about the age of this person because it's a social media job, which implies a young person. Mm -hmm. But how do I log out of this is perhaps the oldest thing you could possibly post on social media. I can't tell if it's a joke because you're leading with that. How do I log out of this? Like it's my grandma, right? Right. But does this speak to what Facebook has been up to in that they're catering their social media platform to old people so heavily that now a young person is confused? <laughs> they don't know how to get out. How do I log out? It's like a young person trying to drive stick shift. Just like, I don't know how to do this. What is this? Yeah. What is this? How do I log out of this ancient Facebook app. Yeah. I can't tell if that's a joke that went over our heads. The fact that a social media manager for one of the biggest companies in America is incapable of figuring out how to log out. But it speaks to something larger, which is I'm imagining this person's white, first of all, because there's a lot of privilege in this statement. You don't get health benefits until after 90 days. I'm like, yeah, that's called a job, mother. Have you ever worked before? Probably not. I mean, and the $50,000 after taxes, you got health care. I felt like the kid from We're the Millers. 
You got paid five thousand. You got paid ten thousand. You guys got paid. The whole after net taxes thing feels like I don't know that someone got their daddy to do their taxes. That's someone who filed taxes for the first time and learned that you lose money after taxes. By the way, fifty k after taxes. That's fine. And you live in New York. I'm guessing if you live in New York, that means your salary is probably somewhere in the high five figures. If you live out of New York, maybe it's not as much, but then you don't live in New York. So mm-hmm. stop bitching about how much you're making. Ah, oh my God. But then my favorite part is, did you see this part, Tom? They posted again after that. No. What happened? An ad to their creative design social media services. Smart. Yeah, real smart. People are going to rush to hire you so you can bitch about yes. having to work a 14-hour shift. So they revealed their identity is what you're saying. Did they? Dean Joanu. Worked for the NBA from March 2023 to August 2023. Hey, that's right now. And a phone number, too. Also a social media coordinator for the Knicks wall. Uh-oh. Had to be a Knicks fan. Graduated May 2022 from Long Island University. All right, so we've got ourselves a young person here, but it's not their first job. But it might be the first time they filed taxes. And it might be the first time they had health insurance. Wow. They really put their info out here. Yep. Maybe we should hire them for the Illuminati. Wait, this is their first job. What are you talking about? No, on LinkedIn, it says anonymous showroom, freelance, social media manager, probably for their parents. These aren't real jobs. Social media coordinator for the Knicks wall. That's a blog. That's not a real job. The only real job they have is literally digital and social content. Well, that's what I said. I think it's the first time they filed taxes, the first time they had health insurance. First time you had a real job, a nine to five. So you have a job. Well, but they worked a 14 hours. Shut up. Sometimes I don't get breaks. Shut up, man. And then he founded his own digital consulting firm. Oh, it's a consult. Step one, quit your job in the loudest way possible. (laughs) In less than six months. I want to believe that he should have done $100 per 14-hour shift. That would have been funnier. $100, you cheap son of a bitch. You just bitching about making 50K. A hundred dollars? Maybe this is to scale. Wait, maybe we should hire. Maybe, yo, yo, scrub all the shit I just told. Yo, you're brave. You're brave. Come work for me. My assignment. Uncover why the association inspires more conspiracy theories in volume and salience than any other U.S. sport. You've heard of the Illuminati. The truth is out there, but so are lies. Your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. The NBA has always been controlled by about eight people. Denial is the most predictable of all human responses. If you're only using 10% of your brain, you don't even know that you're using 10% of your brain. The NBA Illuminati. If coincidences are just coincidences, why do they feel so contrived? The Illuminati. But you start to follow the money, and you don't know where the f*** is going to take you. It is unspoken. They have influence among other players. The NBA I don't have time for your convenient ignorance. Maybe I'm a conspiracist now as well. That's but- all it took. Oh, we got books, we got schools. You saw a video on YouTube. <laughs> Why am I, sir? You've never used them before. We are the basketball Illuminati. <laughs> This is Basketball Illuminati. I am Tom Haberstroh, and as always, I am joined by the five-star Illuminati Generals, Amin El-Hassan and producer Anthony Mays. 
We've got lots, lots to get into. I thought this offseason things would slow down and we would be able to go into like history and try to go into the archives. No, they won't let us. They won't let us. They refuse to let us. We have to speak some truths on this program. We will get code breakers later in a segment. We're going to jump down this New York Knicks lawsuit at the Toronto Raptors implicating the coach and 14 other individuals. There's so much in here that I can't wait to talk to you guys about. But first. You are listening to The Agenda with Tom Haberstroh and Amin El-Hassan. Breaking news. Chris Haynes saying that the NBA is about to levy a hefty fine on James Harden. And we later find out from the NBA press release, it is a $100,000 fine. The headline, NBA fines Philadelphia 76ers James Harden for public trade demands. The NBA has announced today that Philadelphia 76ers guard James Harden has been fined $100,000 by the NBA for public comments on August 14th and 17th indicating that he would not perform the services called for under his player contract unless traded to another team. So according to the Global Times, when James Harden sold 10,000 bottles of wine last week, Mm -hmm. that made $300,000. Worth it is what you're saying. So we're just talking about a third of his wine sales. Yeah. That's a slap on the wrist, folks. Not a third of his wine sales, Maze. A third of his wine sales in the first few seconds after they went on sale. Mm. Because he sold 10,000 within seconds. So we don't know how many he sold overall. Mm -hmm. But a third of what he made in the first few seconds of the sale, yes. All right. Illuminati court is now in session. Judge Anthony May is presiding. Please be seated. All right, everyone. We've got a lot of things on the docket today. So let's get this moving right along. We've got the case of James Harden versus the National Basketball Association, Prosecutor Haberstrow and DA El Hassan representing the defendant, Mr. Harden. If both sides are ready, Mr. El Hassan, you may proceed. Ladies and gentlemen of the court, if it may please you, I'd like to stick up for one Mr. James Harden also known as James Edward Harden Jr. Now, as I see it, my client did no such thing of the reckless claims and accusations that the league has levied upon him. What was the charge, Mr. Habistro? Could you read it back to the court? Public comments on August 14th and 17th indicating that he would not perform the services called for under his player contract unless traded to another team. Ah, public comments my client made. Public comments. I like the word public because it gives us a very clear delineation. What I say in the confines of my room, my dwelling, if you will, my place of business does not constitute public. But if I step outside, I say it to the world, I hold a microphone and it is broadcast with my knowledge that makes it public. Now, let's take a look at what uh, my client, Mr. Harden, said in public on a microphone broadcast to the world. Daryl Moore is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Moore is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. You hear that, ladies and gentlemen of the court? My client said, Daryl Moore is a liar, 
and I will not be a part of any organization that he is a part of. And then he says, let me repeat myself. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will not be part of any organization that he is a part of. Seems to now, me. wait a on, minute. Hold on, Mr. Habistra. Hold on, Mr. Habistra. It seems to me that my client, Mr. Harden, made no reference to withholding services or refusal to play for his team, the Philadelphia 76ers. It only says that he refuses to be part of an organization that Mr. Murray is a part of. Now, your rebuttal, Mr. Habistro. I want to point this out here. Did you miss the point that this was August 14th and August 17th, sir? Well, give me the statements from August 17th, good sir. That would be in reference to the reporter from KHOU in Houston, Houston 11, Jason Bristol asked him, Do you have an open line of communication with, with the 76ers and how much patience do you need to have to, to let this play out? I'm just, I'm, I've been patient all summer. So uh, for me, it's just uh, focus on what I can control and that's, uh, you know, working out, staying in shape and uh, getting ready for a good season. Too late to repair the relationship? Uh, I think so. Is it too late to repair James Harden, your client's relationship with the 76ers, his employer? And he said, your client, James Edward Jr. I think so. Mr. Habistro. So his August 14th comments, while he did not say it was beyond repair or that he wasn't going to play for the 76ers, this right here, his comment to the KHOU 11's Jason Bristol, the esteemed Jason Bristol, seems to checkmate your client. Now, uh, see, I, I, I do truly enjoy when I get a... A little bit of resistance. You know, it gets a little boring sometimes being so unequivocally unanswered in the court of law. But Mr. Habistra, I point out to you that my client was asked whether the relationship was beyond repair, and he responded, I think so. He's merely commenting on the state of the relationship between himself and Mr. Murray. Mr. Murray being a representative of the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, as stated in his August 14th statement, if Mr. Mori were to cease being a part of the organization, now my client has no problem being affiliated with said organization. So is the relationship beyond repair? The relationship he is referring to is with Mr. Mori. And by the way, he didn't even give you a equivocal answer. He said, I think so. Meaning he is leaving open the possibility that perhaps he is mistaken. As far as the other statement, being patient also. Who amongst us has not been patient all summer, Mr. Abistro? He's merely stating a fact about his state of mind throughout the entire process. He is not saying any which way about withholding services, which is the crux, the crux of the league's argument against him. I submit to you, James Harden has been unfairly fined, unfairly maligned, and it's time for him to get his ducats back in line. Well, I want to refer to the expert of the collective bargaining agreement in the capology, a one Bobby Marks. Mm -hmm. The language from the CBA mm -hmm. suggests, mm -hmm. and this is a new rule. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have not studied up on your, mm. your textbooks or the language. I assure you, Mr. Habistra, I am up to date on every single aspect of the collective bargaining agreement and other bylaws of the NBA, but continue. Well, then surely... You would understand and have come across this language, the maximum player fine that may be imposed for one conduct or statements prejudicial or detrimental to the best interests of basketball. I'm going to repeat that a second time. 
conduct or statements prejudicial or detrimental to the best interests of basketball, the NBA, or a team or two violations of the tampering rules will be $100,000. I do declare that that comment by James Harden, who is issuing a statement calling an executive one of the most powerful people in the league who has done nothing wrong in this case. <laughs> Daryl Morey is simply trying to get ready for training camp. Thank y'all, pardon. He's being called a liar. And what is he lying about? Oh, James Harden has not specified that now, because he is too much of a coward. Now, Mr. Mr. He's Habister. running away. Now, Mr. Habister. Running away from First the specifics. He is just Mr. throwing Habister. these haymakers and napalm. I will have order. Order in the court. Order. This is detrimental to the best interests of basketball. And dare I say the world, Mr. L. Hassan. Mr. Havistra, I would submit to you that where I, Mr. Mari, I would feel offended. I would feel slighted. Where I, the Philadelphia 76ers, I would feel like this behavior is disruptive and detrimental to our organizational goals and our organizational processes, our organizational operations. I would agree to that. I see no way how this impacts, affects, or influences in any way. The business of basketball as a whole in the league has no right to infringe upon this interaction between contracted employee and contracted employer. They are reached beyond their scope of justice to levy a rather unjust fine to my client. And I would add that Mr. Harden at no point is guilty of anything other than calling his employer a liar, and that's not what he's being fined for today. I rest my case. I'm being handed a document here by the bailiff, and it reads that the league's investigation included an interview of your client, Barrister El Hassan, that confirmed that these comments referenced Harden's belief that the 76ers would not accommodate his request to be traded. Where were you? Yes. During this interview, sir. Negligent. Your honor. Representation. Your honor. An attorney. Your honor, this was not disclosed to discovery. Might I have a gander at said piece of evidence that you've just submitted to the court? Why don't we hand that over to him? Check it out. Take your time. Brief recess. Brief recess, your honor. Ah, your client has hoisted himself upon his own petardon. Please consult with your client about his loose lips that may have sunk the ship. This is highly prejudicial judge happening right now. You're just supposed to hand me the shit and shut the fuck up. <laughs> now, James, is this true? Did you say this to them? I told you not to talk. Was it, well, was it in the room with you? You done, you done got us caught up in all this mess. Your Honor, uh, we humbly request a longer recess in light of this new information being presented that was not made available during discovery. The legal team and Mr. Hart and my client, we would like to reconvene and re-attack the matter at hand. By all means, go open a bottle of James Harden wine and think it over. I'll have some Trill Burgers as well. Uh, the court is welcome to join. Are those on the Bun B Buns? I am hungry. The food truck is outside, but not for you, Mr. Habistra. 
you malcontent, you charlatan of the court. Oh, it does seem that that food truck seems to be out of code, actually. I'm looking at these papers here. I don't believe that you'll be eating out of that food truck. Oh. Sorry, you're going to have to go hungry. Not only is he a lawyer, he's also a food inspector. Yep. It appears that Mr. Havisher has himself many a hat that he wears, and I don't blame him. If my head were as bold as his, I would have many hats as well. Good day, sir. Seems like you're in retreat, just like your hairline. So we leave one courtroom and go into a real one, apparently. Oh, no. Oh, jeez. Look, there's a lot in this Knicks Raptors lawsuit that I'm not going to decipher from a legal standpoint, but I will decipher from someone who's worked for an NBA front office standpoint because it sounds a lot worse than it really is. That's right, guys. I'm going to break some codes for you in a segment we like to call Code Breakers. Now it's time for any secret message for you members of the secret circle. Remember, kids, only members of any secret circle can decode any secret message. You can break the code. Maybe I take a shot at it, maybe I break it. I'm real happy with myself because I did my job well. There's only one hacker in the world who can break this code. Super string theory, chaos math, advanced algorithms. Code breaking. Strange, the code is somehow different. It's like solving a Rubik's Cube that's fighting back. Whoop-de-doo! What does it all mean, Basil? When people talk to each other, they never say what they mean. They say something else. And you're expected to just know what they mean. Break the code. You are. It's simply the best natural code breaker I've ever seen. Reading from a story from The Athletic, Fred Katz, Mike Vorkanov, and Eric Kareen reporting that the Knicks are suing the Toronto Raptors as well as their parent company, Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, alleging that a former Knicks employee who joined the Raptors this summer stole proprietary information and took it with him to his new job. Now, Amin, Mays, I... I'm reading that headline and I'm hook, line, and sinker thinking that this employee should get the death penalty for stealing from the Knicks. Mm. What possibly could have the New York Knicks organization, the company, suing the entire Maple Leafs company? I got to imagine that this is a horrible, horrible crime of the highest levels of human criminal activity that has ever, ever occurred in NBA circles. And just reading that headline, I feel like this is going to be a bombshell. So I'm going to read this here and see what else is in here. The lawsuit. Okay. New Raptors coach, Darko Ryakovich, Raptors player development coach, Noah Lewis, 10 unnamed John Doe's. Oh, this sounds bad. The aforementioned Knicks employee, Ikechukwu Azotam, the lawsuit says, took a job. His name's Ike, man. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. The Knicks alleged that not only did Ryakovich know about what was occurring, but that he recruited and used the then Knicks employee to help them build out operations for his coaching staff. Wait a minute. The lawsuit alleges that Ike, the Knicks former director of video analytics and player development, stole proprietary information, including, quote, scouting reports, play frequency reports, a prep book and a link to third-party licensed software helped Ryakovich to acclimate his first head coaching job. And the suit says that in July, around the time that Azatam told the Knicks he had a job offer from Toronto, he started to forward his information from his Knicks 
email account to his personal Gmail account, basically stealing playbook information and taking it to his new job. This is a lawsuit? They're bringing this to court? That was my first red flag before I even heard any of the details. The idea that someone from the Knicks went to the Raptors and stole information and brought it with him to his new job at the Raptors. I said, why isn't this a league investigation? Why aren't they going through the league to get compensation like draft picks or money or money and draft picks or have them lose picks or whatever? There's a whole bunch of ways where you can benefit from this legitimately if you go through the league. Go to the court system. If they get fined, you're not getting that money. I mean, like, what are they going to do? Restitution? It just seems like a weird step to kind of circumvent the league. But then I heard the details. <laughs> I mean... For the audio listeners, Amin is rubbing his face in absolute perplexed dismay. The suit says on August 11th, Azatam sent two emails from his next email account to his Raptors account with what they say is proprietary and confidential information. In one email, which had a subject line of forward FW colon Indiana game 82. He had an advanced scouting report of the Indiana Pacers diagrams of more than 250 Pacers plays and spreadsheet of play frequency and a spreadsheet with Pacers play calls for a game. The suit claims it alleges he sent another email with similar information about the Denver Nuggets. I'm sorry. The idea that the exhibit a is that he has a Indiana Pacers scouting report. And then, oh, by the way, there's also one on the Denver Nuggets. If this is the smoking gun, what are we doing here? The Pacers are like a 500 team and every team does these reports. Exactly. Here's the reality. When I first heard this, I thought what was happening was he was transmitting Knicks plays, Knicks play calls, Knicks play frequencies, right? Which there is some value to that. That is proprietary, especially if you're tracking things that aren't tracked by everyone. Like every team, the self-track stuff is theirs. By way of very simple example, I know a lot of teams do this, but some teams don't. We just track the number of times the ball entered the paint, whether it was by durable penetration, by post-up, or by cut. The ball's in the painted area. We track the number of times that happened. We track certain rotations every time a guy came off with a strong corner or whatever. So stuff like that, okay. But that's not what's happening here. What's happening is play calls and play frequencies for the Pacers, which literally is the work of advanced scouts, all of whom are doing across the league, and most of whom don't do every single one. They'll communicate with another advanced scout and say, hey, I watched Indiana last night. You're watching Sacramento. Is it okay if we trade? That way that saves me having to go track and tag every single Sacramento play and vice versa for you. And so this information is very readily shared. This isn't Spygate, basically, is what I'm saying. But then it gets worse, amazingly, because we learned what the third-party proprietary software was. Guys, this wasn't some futuristic thing from NASA that only the Knicks have access to. This is Synergy Sports. If 30 teams aren't subscribed to it, it's damn close. It's somewhere in the high 20s, right? And I'm... Going to go out on a limb and say the Raptors are subscribed to Synergy. That's one. Number two, if I go on a Synergy and I download, hey, give me every single Joel Embiid post-up. What it does is it pulls it because Synergy comes as pre-tagged video. They can get you every single Joel Embiid post-up and compress it into a file. And then I send that video file to someone. I've not stolen anything from the Knicks. Nothing of actual merit, right? I've merely just used this login here 
to access information that would be available to me when I go to my new job in Toronto, where I go to a job in Sacramento, Indiana, and Phoenix. They all have Synergy logins. It's just like saying, hey, I have a StatHead subscription, the basketball reference search engine that allows you to do filters and all that stuff. And I did a bunch of searches and I have downloaded searches or research projects that I did under my StatHead account. And I want to access those for later use. Now, I'll point out that legally speaking, it's frowned upon. You're not supposed to do that. You're using your company login to access stuff. But the reality is he's accessing stuff that is easily accessible even if he wasn't there. And again, I'm not speaking as a lawyer. I'm telling you from a basketball standpoint, what he did is a 2 out of 10 in terms of egregious. I can give you an example of a 10 out of 10. What would that be, I mean? No, not name names. There was a guy who was a video intern for a particular team, a particular team that is, let's just say, very strict when it comes to how they run things, very organized, a strong organizational, let's use the word culture, for lack of a better one. So this guy leaves. He gets a video job at another team. And when he leaves, he doesn't take synergy stuff. He takes this strong organizational cultures team's actual playbook. Their plays, their corresponding video, their wrinkles, everything goes to his new team. Someone who's working at the new team picks up the phone and calls video coordinator's old team and says, hey, just thought you should know your guy brought us your stuff. And we just, we want to be on the clean side of things on this. The president of this strong organizational culture team is a really strong leader. Like he's larger than God, a patriarch, if you will. Patriarch loses his shit. He calls everybody who's involved in this stuff who did it. Because when guys leave, they're supposed to turn in all the materials. Why didn't you guys get the materials off of him? Someone's in deep shit. Guys downstairs say, hey, patriarch, on this day of my daughter's wedding, we did get his material because all the materials, as you can see, are tagged. This is back in the day. It's This is hard copy stuff. It did say the person's name. So we know if it's Tom Habershaw, I got the Tom Habershaw copy right here. Whoa, why would you put my name in that? I'm using a generic name, right? Okay. So clearly it's not our fault. He must have absconded with someone else's. And so when they did the inventory of the player materials, they found that one of the players was missing. And that's the one he took. He took one of the players' playbooks and took it with him. Wow. But even then, and that's a 10 out of 10 in terms of stuff you could steal, even within that context, because basketball is such an improvisational sport and because the plays are so widely copied and duplicated. No one actually thinks that this gives you a leg up unless you stole something that you never ran before, right? Oh, this is a secret play we're holding out. But the Bulls and the Lakers would always run what the f*** and end the game side out of bounds after ATO. Literally the play call. We all know what you're going to run. The question is, can you stop this guy from being successful at it? No one's being caught off guard on these things. It's because... You legitimately have to worry about like five different things and something slips through the cracks. It's not because, what? They're setting a down screen for Tyrese Halliburton. It's like, hey, here's a handbook on how Mike Tyson likes to fight. Cool. Great. You can know it, but you're going to get knocked the f*** out. This was such a low level, mild sauce example of 
corporate espionage or IP theft or whatever you want to call it. Unless you're telling me some of the stuff that he stole, because most of the details in this sound like run-of-the-mill shit. Unless you're telling me some of the stuff he stole was proprietary, Tom Thibodeau, we like to track every time a guy ties his shoelaces, something like that. In this article, again, it's at The Athletic that I'm pulling from here. The Knicks allege that the Raptors defendants violated the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, that all defendants violated the Defend Trade Secrets Act, and they misappropriated trade secrets under New York common law. Now, I know the trade secrets that they're referencing here are just business secrets and not the actual Julius Randle being traded for Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, yeah. Secrets of the trade, not of the transaction. Yes, but I can imagine a world in which this defendant could have stolen their dossiers on other free agents or other trade targets and then use that with the Raptors to be like, hey, this is who the Knicks want to get in trade talks. This is who they're going after. Here are the players in next year's draft. Yeah. It doesn't seem like any of that is in here. No. And what it comes down to is it seems like the New York Knicks are bitter that this guy left or played them in some sort of way where he tried to maybe get a better offer from the Knicks and then wasn't totally like all that stuff happens in the league. You don't file a lawsuit with the court yeah. over that. Another thing that they point out, this is from the lawsuit. Quote, as a first time NBA head coach, defendant Ryakovich would be expected to bring his own organizational structure and coaching method. Apparently, given his non-traditional path, to his head coaching job, the defendant Ryakovich did not have his own. So he chose to exploit the Knicks methods. They're basically saying Oh, I don't know how to do this because I got hired through a non-conventional. The dude's been an assistant coach for like three NBA teams. Yeah. He's been in the league for years, for almost a decade. He went and interviewed for the job. When you interview for a job, I had a great call on CSXM radio the other day. Someone asked me like, what actually goes into the coaching interview? A lot of it is actually real X's and O's. Hey, we're down five and there's 30 seconds to go. What would you draw? What would you run up here for Pascal Siakam? We're up three. Do you foul under 20? Like, it's actual X's and O's stuff. Draw up the play for us. Draw up this. Draw up that. What are your defensive philosophies? How do you like to guard the side pick and roll? What do you like to do? Do you like to trap? Do you like to ice? They ask you questions like that, not because they want you to be married to whatever your answer is, but that you have an answer. You're coming in prepared. So the idea that he would be completely unprepared and, we, oh, I don't know, oh, I'm just Serbian coach, like, it's ridiculous. He wouldn't have gotten through the interview process, to be honest with you, without having some knowledge. Second of all, so he comes in there. He's got all the existing staff or whatever. He's hiring new staff. You think he's got to hire this guy to teach him how to put together a staff? You think Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster are like, ah, I'm sure he'll figure it out if he's that clueless? This is the greatest example of Nick's exceptionalism. They are suing the organization because we are the Knicks and everybody wants to copy the blueprint of the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks who have been the laughing stock of the NBA for the last two, three decades that have won what, I mean, in the postseason since you were a part of the organization as an intern? Two playoff series. Exactly. One last year and then one with Melo and Jason Kidd and those guys. In 2013. Did they have another second round appearance other than those years? No, not since Jeff Van Gundy was the head coach in 2000. Got it. This team that has made the playoffs twice in the last decade, that won 17 games a few years ago, Masai Ujiri is hiring a head coach primarily because he can steal all of the trade secrets from the New York Knicks. 
They've won 50 games once in this century. In this century. 2000 is not part of this century. I don't know if guys know, the century starts with 2001. Yeah. So, before we go, well, they won 50. That one doesn't count. And even if it did count, whoop the <laughs> f- do. So twice in this entire century. Tom, Mays, you know what the most interesting part of this article here in The Athletic was? It's got to be the quote. Mm-hmm. Is it the fact that they referenced the coach as a novice head coach? Which I just think is amazing. It's all a bunch of shit talk. But no, the most amazing thing is this quote from MLSE said in a statement. MLSE and the Toronto Raptors received a letter from MSG on Thursday of last week bringing this complaint to our attention. MLSE responded promptly, making clear our intention to conduct an internal investigation and to fully cooperate. MLSE has not been advised that a lawsuit was being filed or has been filed following its correspondence with MSG. So they talked to them, they complained to them, but they didn't tell them we're going to sue you? Yeah. But my favorite is the quote at the very end, which is the written statement from MSG Sports spokesperson provided to The Athletic that says, quote, we were left no choice but to take this action. That's your Knicks exceptionalism right there. (laughs) Bing bong. This is the only possible outcome. This is the only option we have. Again, we're going to find out soon whether the NBA opened up an investigation on this, whether the Knicks circumvented the league office and just went straight for the jugular to file this, what might be a frivolous lawsuit. The NBA can't be happy that this is a front page news item in the NBA cycle over. I don't want to over James Harden getting fined. What do you mean, Tom? That's true. Over Anthony Edwards, who we've been talking about the last two weeks, I might add, breaking out as a superstar. Not by coincidence. It's all planned out, carefully thought out. This is such a minute thing. This seems like a minor thing that could be easily handled with a phone call or a Zoom meeting. It just seems like it's very aggressive and unnecessary and hyperbolic. To me, the best you could get out of this is to go to the league, complain, and get a second round pick out of it. And maybe like 100K in cash. 100K, you say, like the amount that James Harden got fined? Conservation of fine money? I mean, I'm going to tell a story about not naming names, Mm -hmm. but at the dawn of Synergy Sports, I had heard that a patriarch from an NBA team was reluctant to subscribe to said Synergy Sports because one of the chief investors of Synergy Sports at the time was Mark Cuban. And the idea that Mark Cuban could theoretically spy on what teams are looking at what plays because he is owning a chunk of the company. This patriarch did not want anything to do with that because of the potential espionage that would go on and that all of their, basically their homework that they're doing can be tracked. Their search habits. It's no different from like Facebook, Google selling your search habits and what you look for and all that stuff to other companies. And this might be a paranoid perspective that, hey, I'm not going to subscribe to this program or this software because someone could steal our search history or see what we're actually focusing on and what play clips and what players we're scouting. But then you see the Knicks do this and you're just like, oh, that paranoia doesn't amount to anything compared to this. I don't think this is paranoia. I think this is literally just them being dicks. Like so many other examples, like when Jim Dolan said- New York dicks. Yeah. (laughs) That's the name of the episode, huh? The New York Dicks. <laughs> it's just like Jim Dolan saying, well, you know what? Maybe I just won't sell any alcohol at a Rangers game and I'll just have the liquor board's president picture and his phone number 
at everything. Nowhere else do we see these things. Just like having facial recognition software and stopping people from entering Radio City Music Hall. Because they wrote a Facebook post three years ago being upset about the Knicks record. All of these. There's a reason, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this only happens with one NBA team. I was just going to ask you, I mean, if I told you this story, leaving out the team, you're immediately saying Knicks, 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 Knicks. There's no other team. There's no other team that behaves this way. People leave teams and go to new teams all the time. People routinely will travel with shit like that, like the Pacers advanced scout in their play frequency. People use synergy everywhere. And okay, I want to get, like I said, every single pin down that they ran for Jalen Brown. This isn't like, oh my God, how could you let them walk out of here with this? It's literally just being a dick. And I get it. Did the dude violate his code of conduct or his employee handbook? I'm pretty sure he did. And I get it. Maybe even from a league standpoint, this is a very mild interpretation of like, oh, you took proprietary information. But the reality is all of this is so inconsequential. The idea that you would engage lawyers and file paperwork and file depositions and all. Yo, man, just grow up. Grow up. You're the only team that has these problems. You're the only team who routinely finds themselves in these places. And for what? You're not even this great winning tradition that we can say, oh, you know, like the Warriors, oh, we hate them for, like, oh yeah, that's right. They're trying to bring us down. You guys have won 50 games one time in this millennia. You've been past the first round twice. What are you talking about? Dolan has run the Knicks since 1999. 1999-2000, they lose in the conference finals. Since then, so basically since his first full season, 2000-2001. They've been to the playoffs seven times. They've been out of the first round twice. They've won 50 games once since the year 2000. They've had five 500 seasons. And you think people are trying to rob you? You think you guys have the secret to shitty mortality? You've got the map to the lost city of Zinge? King Solomon's Mines? I can't believe we're wasting time talking about this shit. Guess we're just playing with our New York dicks. Oh. talking about James Harden getting fined and the New York Knicks suing people. So this seems in line with that. Let's talk about the biggest fraudster in the game. And no, it has nothing to do with basketball, but this cannot be ignored. Guess who's back? Billy McFarlane. No. Fire Festival 2. No. Oh, my God. No way. This guy's back? Wait, he was in jail, I'm guessing. He was in jail. He comes out and says in his hype video. What hype video? There's a hype video? What's up, guys? This is a big day because as of right now, Fire Festival 2 tickets are officially on sale. It has been the absolute wildest journey to get here, and it really all started during the seventh month stint in solitary confinement. I wrote out this 50-page plan of how it would take this overall interest and demand in fire and how it would take my ability 
to bring people from around the world together to make the impossible happen, but how I would find the best partners in the world to allow me to be me while executing Fire's vision to the highest level. The idea came to him during his seven months of solitary confinement, which he spent for defrauding everyone. That's right, for Fire Festival One. So here's the deal, all right? Here's how festivals work. You got a location, you got a bunch of big names. Yeah. You say, come see Drake, come see Beyonce, come see whoever you can get. Ja Rule. Nope, 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 nope. No artists. Mm -hmm. The location is the Caribbean Sea. What do you mean the Caribbean Sea? That's where it is. No. Wait, so like it's in the water? Drop a pin, baby. Is that Jack Sparrow? What do you mean Caribbean Sea? That's a big ass goddamn geographical area. Fire festivals worldwide. Can't pin this down. The fire festival is going to be on a ship embarking in the waters of the Caribbean Sea in the Bermuda Triangle. It gets swallowed up while I'm going to the fire festival in the Bermuda Triangle. What the hell? Bermuda Triangle, 20 CB. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying he doesn't have anybody attached to this festival yet, but he's demanding people to sign up? You can buy tickets right now, Tom. Tickets are on sale. And here's how it works, okay? Okay, how does it work? Mm -hmm. The first 100 tickets, those were $500, but those are already gone. You can't have those anymore because they're gone. So now we're on to the next window, okay? <laughs> no. Which no, is the no. next... 400 tickets, all right? And that price, $800, okay? And then after that, we're going the next 100, that's $1,200. What am I getting? What do you mean? Mace, what am I getting from 800 to 1200? He doesn't even give you a location. You're getting Fire Festival too. What are you doing? You think you're getting something? I'm sorry for even asking the question about what kind of benefits I'm getting or perks I'm getting with a 50% pay hike. Don't worry. The next 50 tickets, that's right. Tickets 601 to 650, $1,800, all right? Oh, I got to get one of those. Then the next 50, $2,700, all right? Then the next 50, 700 to 750, those tickets, $4,900, all right? And then finally, tickets 751 to 777, that's right. All sevens, baby. Seven Heaven Fire Festival 2, the low, low price of $8,000. Now you do not want to be on that $8,000 tier. You want to get them now. So go as quickly as you can, because if you want to lose money yes. at an escalating rate, Fire Festival 2, meet me in the ocean. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.